Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. Uh, our first guest is Ann Gillies. We met her. Let's see. We were clear down and we were in the state of Louisiana somewhere, weren't we? We were at uh, the Ruth Institute at Ruth. a conference at the Ruth Institute in Louisiana, sitting, sitting beside each other. And amazingly, if I recall correctly, that was during the height of COVID where you couldn't even get across the border. Somehow, God um, practically got you across the border and you drove all the way across America and came to, is that correct? I did. What you don't know, Jim, is that going back into Canada, there was more of a problem. They didn't really want me. Um, I didn't have the um, arrived can app and I didn't do the PCR test. So I got fined $6,000. Well, they gave me a ticket. I haven't paid it. I mean, this is all craziness, actually. So, so, but nevertheless, that was kind of uh, how I ended that trip. But you know what? That was a really good trip and a great conference. Wonderful to meet you there. Six thousand dollar fine. Yeah. For oh not my That's okay. <laughs> another topic. I still want to chase that rabbit, but I'll refrain myself. Now, with <laughs> you is Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson former host of the 700 Club in Canada, and now has her own show across Canada. I'm going to start by having each of them introduce themselves. Folks, we're going to be talking about a topic that I wish we didn't have to talk about. I, I, uh, I cringe. Even when I hear it, we're going to talk about human trafficking. Uh, you, we need to know. Uh, unfortunately, slavery has more encompassed our globe today than perhaps ever before in history. And we're told it's happening all around us. I just came back from the border a few weeks ago. And what we are learning in terms of children that are coming across in human slavery, by the by, in, uh, human trafficking by the drug cartel, eight out of the 10 women, they say, don't even make it across. And the number of women that we saw, the rooms were all these rooms of women just coming, who'd come across the night before, sleeping in this big room, all of them pregnant. And most of them have no idea who the father is because they were raped so many times. Uh, so the pain of what is going on in our country is horrific and across Canada and the rest of the world. Yesterday, or a few days ago, uh, one of the members of Congress really tore into Secretary Homeland Security, Secretary uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, who is the most effective liar I have ever seen in my life. I grew up at home. We were not allowed to use the word liar, but this applies in this case in which he denied the human trafficking of children, which has skyrocketed under his watch, unfortunately. So the topic isn't, isn't fun, but we got to know about it so we can take action and so that we can actually pray into this. Now, Anne has written a book. I want you to know about this book and how you can get this book. We'll be interviewing both. But the book called Damaged is what I want you to remember right now. Let's go to Anne. Anne, first of all, tell me a little bit about who you are. Take the first one minute to two minutes. Then we'll go to Laura Lynn. I want you to take one to two minutes and, and give an overview, a thumbnail sketch of your life. And we'll start with you. Well, in, in a quick summary, one minute. I'm a mom, a grandmother. Um, so I have 12 grandchildren. So I'm very invested in all this. But I also, um, from a professional perspective, I'm a retired psychotherapist and an author. And so my, my lane is really in exposing the sexual deviance and the sexual darkness that's covering our nations. And it comes out of a personal um, 
family experience with the whole issue of pedophilia, which is what the book Damaged by the Predators Among Us is all about. So I have other books coming out because I want to be able to help parents and grandparents. So that's my lean right now, writing and really exposing those things that are hidden in plain sight. Well, we're going to talk about the topic and then we're going to find out about it, it how widespread actually is this. But let's go to hmm. Laura Lynn. Tell us about you, Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. Well, good. Thank you for having me on. This is a pleasure to be with my good friend, Anne. Uh, I met Anne because we were in, really, we were in Ottawa, right? And yes. I stood up and I addressed a panel and I said, what are we going to do about all of our schools telling our little boys that they can be a girl? And I had been fighting this for quite some time as the host of the 700 Club Canada. Sometimes we would deal with this topic on the show, but mostly in my in my private life, I was on a quest to, to put this, you know, put a stop to it. And I saw it as a great assault on the identity of our kids. And I was just uh, completely overwhelmed by the lack of common sense and science. And so um, I fought that for a while and I had Antifa come after me. I started getting death threats. They wrote me up in the paper calling me some sort of um, transphobe and that I was a racist, whatever that has to do with it, you know, and all the names that I was a bigot and all of that. And so I started fighting back even harder. I got a website. I, I came after this and I said, this is not right to be damaging our children. And so then I was let go from my job on 700 Club Canada because they didn't really want an activist. They, you know, they wanted to just, you know, to, of course, you know, say good things that we talked about on, on uh, 700 Club all the time, but it cost me my job. And so I was like, Lord, I don't understand this. So in paying that very high price, um, we let that go. And then uh, the Lord brought my, my husband, who's been in television for 35 years, uh, behind the scenes. And I was front of, of the camera. We put it all together. We started doing our own shows. We got shadow banned everywhere, but we found, you know, Rumble and BitChute. So my website's laurelin.tv. And now I fight for all I'm worth, just like you, telling the truth, just like Ann Gillies. Ann came over to us and told us about her books. And I just went, you are the kind of lady I want to know. So I've had her on my show and we are, we are in a war. And I just, I just so honor Anne for her experience, her fight and the book she's written to help us to fight better. Uh, give me, uh, I'm going to go to Anne on this same issue. Uh, the website where they, uh, website once again, and, and spell Lauren Lynn for us. Yeah, L-A-U-R-A-L-Y-N-N dot TV. Oh, spell it. Go a little slower for us. L-A-U-R-A-L-Y-N-N dot TV. Okay, there's no there's no hyphen in there. Not not on the website. Okay, but in your actual name, there's a hyphen. Is that right? Yeah, in my actual name, there's a hyphen. Okay, yeah. okay. And, yeah. and Anne, your website is? It's called restoringthemosaic.ca. CA for Canada. Okay. And yes. set the stage for us. What are we dealing with in this human trafficking phenomenon? What's, what is going on in our nation, our, our nations? Well, I think what you're seeing is a result of uh, decades of strategic planning. And the reality is we never really heard much about human trafficking. Um, transgender wasn't a thing. 
and the reality of of just pedophilia was something that you didn't even speak about because it was so far removed from from the normative kind of thinking of of most Canadians and Americans. So what we have come to this, we've come to this place where there's such an interconnectedness um, globally between human trafficking. Well, it's all, it's all under the guise of predators, right? So we have predators out in the marketplace, but we have predators hiding in plain sight in our home, which is what I I experienced um, with my first husband, who was a homosexual pedophile and who abused our children. They speak out their stories. Uh, two of our children wrote chapters for the book, Damaged by the Predators Among Us. Um, they're very brave. Uh, when you read their chapters, it, it is not easy to read what, what happened to them. But you know, incest, I mean, so the courts might've called it incest. By the way, he was charged, we went through court, he was acquitted. And that, that's on a, the stories in the book. There, here's the other issue that we deal with. We do not have justice in our culture, in our nations. So you have rampant sexuality, the sexualization of our culture. Then you have um, all of these other identities taking over and becoming normative, destroying the family unit. There's no safe place for the children and they make easy targets for sex trafficking. They are vulnerable. Most of these children are already, they have pre-existing mental health issues. They have um, attachment issues. They have family problems and adverse childhood effects of, in their life. There's all of these pre-existing issues that make them particularly vulnerable. And with the trans unit and the trans children, and I'm going to include these because it's all wrapped up in the sexualization and in this human trafficking part, these transgender cross-sex identifying children are probably the most vulnerable of them all, except for those children who are trafficked and continually raped. I mean, that is just such a horrific, horrific thing. And the, where's the church been, right? All of those things are happening. What I was going to say about the transgender children, they are probably some of the most vulnerable and the most targeted. Up to 26% of these children have um, autism. They're on the autistic scale. They're already socially uh, compromised. And so what's happening is all of these these children are being targeted. And in Canada, the indigenous children and those uh, young adults who enter into the LGBTQ are particularly vulnerable. And the church really hasn't been um, helpful and they're not equipped to help pick up the pieces of these children's lives when, when you know, they get spit out at the end of all this. It's, it's a mess. What can the church do to help prevent kids from being sucked into this horrible pipeline what can they do to help get them out while they're in it and then once they're devastated and destroyed what can the church do to put back the pieces together of horrifically broken lives um i'll go first and then you can talk more then is that okay first of all the church has to really really start understanding what um a, a victim of child abuse looks like 
There are certain signs, red flags. There are, um, there are things that, that the churches can do. Actually, a good friend of mine, we've just started a new website, a new podcast. Um, it's called Unmasking the Trans Movement. .ca. You'll find lots of information there. But my friend John Euler actually does um, a whole, um, he does um, videos, but talks and webinars on church support for these individuals and how to protect your church from being targeted. Because what's happening now is um, these individuals are sitting on our pews like spies. I mean, this sounds horrid. Sounds like a conspiracy theory, but it's not. You give because, the website. Give the website one more time, and then sure. I broke into it, your train of thought. But I want people to know that website, and then pick up right, right there. Here are guys sitting in the pews of our churches. So pick it up right there after you give the website. Right. So this website is called Unmasking the Trans Movement. Dot ca okay. and it's going to have more and more um helps in the future we're just we're just populating the webinars now but there's going to be a lot more help so um yes what we, we were talking about what the church can do now people um, you're saying there's people in the pews of the church that are predatory themselves that hey my first husband was one of them he went to bible college graduated, was licensed, and um, was, he was, he had multiple, multiple affairs during the course of our marriage. The church became aware because I talked to the pastors, but nothing was really done. And you see, this was back in the, the late 70s, early 80s. So the church really didn't know what to do, but they should have done something other than telling me that, you know, he'd sinned against God, not me. And I'm like, let me, let, me cool. let me break in for a right moment that after um, 1800 years uh, to 2000 years, the church ought to know what to do. It's called yes. church discipline, but pastors do not do it. They don't follow scripture. They don't deal with Matthew 18 the way it's supposed to. He should have been dealt with. He should have been called out, called redemptively to repentance. And then if he doesn't accept that, there is a thing called setting them aside. There's an excommunication procedure scripturally, biblically, but your pastor and you were, I mean, your, your, your husband, you were not in a church that functioned biblically in bringing right. appropriate discipline, redemptively in love, but then yeah. took the hard steps when they needed to, because I'm going to submit, either they were ignorant of what to do, that might be the case, because they were not taught, or number two, they were afraid of what to do, they knew what to do, but wouldn't, because they were afraid, because they worshiped the altar and nickels, noses, and numbers, and long for popularity more than they did walking in scripture. Sorry to be blunt. I've been a pastor for almost 45, 50 years. I've seen it many times. And it, it is not, I've had to deal with this and had to confront people pretty strongly on these issues. And, and the average in that antinomian culture, a lawlessness culture, when other people themselves are having affairs or whatever, they don't like it when a pastor stands up and says, no, this is scriptural. And if you're going to be a part of this body, we're going to redeem you. But if you don't walk in it, then here's the consequences. So I just stopped there uh, because because pastors do know for the most part what to do or should know what to do and should take action. Sorry to break in. Let's go back to your story. So your husband had multiple affairs. The church and the pastor did nothing about it. Pick it right. up from there. <laughs> well, finally, um, you know, about four years after this, uh, I divorced him. And it wasn't, though, until I had remarried. 
and um, and my children felt finally that they were safe. That my one son came to me and told me that his his biological father, my former husband, had been sexually abusing him. And by sexual abuse, he he wasn't talking about just touch. You know, this was rape. And when it all came out, I'm telling you, well, the police um, said it was the worst case they had ever seen. And it wasn't just my former husband, it was his boyfriends. And one of the things that, you know, we will hear people start talking about the transgender movement, but you see there's this whole interlocking with LGBT activism. And it's so, um, and, it, and, and then you have drugs, the whole, drug industry, which is very active in that network. And then, you know, you have both uh, homosexual, heterosexual sex trafficking. It is such a mess. So the church has to learn to be the church, to walk in righteousness, to speak the truth and not back away from truth. People are hungry for truth. And our generation, young generation of children, are probably the hungriest because they have been um, sold a bill of goods. They know they've been lied to and they're looking for people to tell them the truth. So the church needs to do that. And then we need to love them back into wholeness. And that's gonna be difficult because these are people who are deeply, deeply wounded. And so that's gonna take a lot of extra care and it's going to really, really mean we have to have some pretty decent ministry teams in our church. Anyways, that's my my perception of that. What do you think, Laura Lynn? And, and let me ask you, let me ask you one question, or perhaps to both of you before we go, we go to Laura Lynn. Um the the journey there's something about our sexuality and our spirit that are so intertwined. There's something mysterious that's God given our sexuality. And there's our spirit, our epicenter of who we are, are intertwined. So when we see a homosexual, they struggle oftentimes a great deal. Sometimes they're set free in an instant, but generally it can be a pretty intense struggle coming out of that. Now, I'm going to ask a question that's going to sound very negative. I don't remember in the course of my ministry, I ever saw someone successfully set free from pedophilia. I hope I'm wrong and that there are many. I'm just, and it might be my ignorance because I would be, I would love to be wrong on this issue, but so deep is this sin. I've seen people fall back into it who, who thought they were free of it and, and collapse and go right back into it in horrific ways. I, I recognize people do fall back in sin sometimes. We redeem them, but this is a sin I have not seen people set free from it. Is your experience different than that? And I hope it is. Uh, but what is your experience? Um, well, actually, no, and it isn't different, and it is very, um, very difficult. Could they be set free? They have to put their entire will behind it. And, you know, in our porn-saturated culture, that means they have to be set free of a whole lot of other things that push them toward uh, pedophilia. So there's there's so many different elements. So what you're talking about is very, very difficult. Actually, so, you know, I was talking about um, my friend John Mueller from Unmasking the transmovement.com. He is a specialist in pedophil pedophilia. 
he was treating um, pedophiles in the jail system, penitentiary system for 11 years. They hired him, the government hired him to develop treatment programs. He will speak to this and he says, pedophiles, there's a, it's a range, right? Deviant starts with the most obscure kind of, you know, um, pornography, like kind of not obscure, but mild compared to what the end pornography on, on some of these um, websites and, and YouTube is. But regardless, when a, when a man gets way over here in the deviant scale, it's, there's very little that can be done to bring them back because they have already sold their soul over and over and over and over again. That's the issue that's so very difficult. <clears throat> Romans one, a reprobate mind. Okay, uh, Lauren, you want to, Lauren Lynn, you want to jump in on this. I'm sure you've got some things to share. Well, one of the good things that we did this last couple of years is we've been to uh, many 40 different cities really, and we've done education seminars uh, in the churches, sometimes community halls, because we couldn't find a church that would host us. They don't want to talk about all of this. And I don't know if they're, they're afraid, uh, or they don't, uh, you know, they don't know what to say, because it's a difficult thing. But we have entered an era where the trans religion is now literally taking over North America. And if anyone hasn't noticed, trans rights are, are like the, you know, they get to do anything. If they want to say that they're a woman, they can go in a women's prison now and rape women in the women's prison. And few feminists or anyone that actually stands up for women will even speak to this issue. Now we have in Canada here, um, when you say, I want to speak to somebody who's really, you know, um, hot on fire and, and, and trying to bring, you know, God's, uh, you know, God's ways into our country, it's few and far between of any of these, um, we call them members of parliament that will actually speak out because they will probably lose their job. If you go against the trans narrative, you won't be able to be a parliamentary member uh, in our country. So even the Christians are silent on this. And the trans movement has kind of, you know, overtaken all this. But let's remember, this goes back to the U UN Agenda 2030. And in that UN Agenda 2030, it spells out how the, the you know, this whole area is right on them that they want this to spread out worldwide. When this first started, I actually thought that there was one crazy teacher in Langley that was teaching kids, boys, that they could be girls. And we thought, we're going to shut this down. This is the stupidest thing we've ever heard. This is so dumb. It's anti-science. It doesn't make any sense at all. And uh, we're going to shut it down. And then all of a sudden, I looked at my friend that we've been fighting this together. And I said, they're doing it in Australia. And now it's in New Zealand. It's going through Europe. And I just watched a trans, uh, a, a dude that says he's a woman on um, Facebook this morning doing a post saying, says, uh, arm yourselves, uh, get prepared. We need to fight back now. And we have to be prepared to shed blood. And I'm thinking if I said anything like that, hey, Christians, arm yourself, you know, get ready to shed blood. Uh, I would be have officers at my door, my Facebook page would be off, but not this dude. This dude can put on some lipstick and grow his hair out. 
and he gets to say any kind of threats that he wants. We're in trouble. We're in trouble because they have now through, I think, a lot of money, Soros money. Soros funded the transgender agenda in the world. And he made sure that schools, community centers, even churches would promote the rights of the trans. I, uh, my wife and I just got back from, I said a few weeks ago, we extended a trip in Europe and we met, met with members of parliament and over and over in each country, they would say, you won't believe Soros, what George Soros has done to our country. And, uh, and they, they kind of, it was like they didn't know that every other country was being taken down by him as well. Yeah. And, and then even like, like when I got the one country I met with, there were four or five major political parties. I met with members of all of them. And even the socialist that I met with, at least, they didn't want the transgender stuff being forced upon them, coerced upon them. And so I just I interviewed a man named Kevin McGarry, who play World Pro Network. He's African-American. He, he speaks on critical race theory and DEI, diversity, uh, equity and inclusion. And he says it this way. Right now, the trans are the king. They rule the world right now. Right. Getting whatever they want, whenever they want. <clears throat> and that's why on December the 13th in the United States, for the first time ever in the history of America, all three branches of our government affirmed that for which God destroyed Sodom. And on the winding staircases of the White House, between the, behind the current occupant of the White House, as Joe Biden signed the, 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 into law, where all these transgendered, so-called, nobody can transgender, you can't transgender, it's impossible, so it's fraudulent, but so-called transgender, and, uh, and drag queens, and uh, homosexuals, etc., all lighting the staircases. So you are correct, it has gone global with stunning impact very, very, very quickly. Continue yeah. wherever either one of you want to pick it up and run with it. Continue. Well, I'll, I'll let Lan, uh, Anne finish, but I, I'm grateful for men like Ron DeSantis, who I was just reading something just this afternoon, that he is actually banning the, the transgender agenda from teaching kids anything in all grades. I hope that I'm reading this right. Uh, we need men like that. But in Canada, not one Conservative Party of Canada member, not one uh, Liberal Party, not one NDP. We have three key parties here and none of them will define a woman in the way that a woman should be defined. All of us are at risk of losing the gold medal when we've been swimmers our whole lives or, you know, running around uh, the, the track meet. Women are now uh, disrespected and somehow the feminists are celebrating this at times. But this is how we, we talk back. Well, you know, uh, we see what just happened with Bud, Bud Light, uh, the beer. And I'm not a beer drinker myself, but I sure I'm glad that all the beer drinkers decided that they weren't going to be buying Bud Light anymore. Yep. And we're going to have to, you know, any any coffee house, any supermarket, any establishment that supports this trans agenda, don't give them one more dollar. And if they are going into our bathrooms and going into our private spaces where they can watch our children change at community centers and, and pools, you know, you've got to be able to speak up. But this is what the trans guy was saying this morning. He, th This guy said, if you tell me I can't be in your bathroom, that will be the last thing you ever do. That was his threat. He's literally saying, I will kill you, and he's allowed to stay on. Well, there's some things that we're going to have to fight for, because if we do not fight this, then our children and our grandchildren will be left 
to take care of the business that we allowed to go so wrong in our generation. Are there any, I think I know the answer to this, basically there's not a single member of your parliament. Oh, I would love you to ask them. I would love it. We'll give you a couple names. You ask them to come out and speak on this agenda. They will not because they will not be allowed to run even in our conservatives. So you guys have like the Republicans and the Democrats. We have the Conservative Party of Canada and the Liberals. Then we've got the NDP in there as well. But the Conservative Party of Canada should be standing up for us. After I got you know kicked off of my Christian TV show, I, I started, I said, well, hey, I'm going to run in politics. I've got a big enough mouth for it. And uh, then the Conservative Party of Canada that I had voted for my whole life and my family had voted for, they wouldn't run me in anywhere, even after being told that I would be a star candidate, they would not run me because I was too outspoken against the uh, trans agenda. And I find that uh, an abomination and Canada is under the judgment of God at this point. We, and we're very sad as Christians, we stand here and we beg for God to help us, but we are under the judgment of God because we abort a hundred thousand babies a year. We allow this, this trans nonsense to be taught to our children and barely a person will speak. Like I'm talking less than 1% of our country will speak out against this. So me and Ann, we're doing like 15%. We're doing, uh, we're doing it for everybody. Everywhere we go, we're like, wah, wah, wah. We have woman shirts. They're pink. You can only wear it if you have a uterus, fallopian tubes, and a cervix. That's how you get to wear a woman shirt. She's in very our, quiet. <laughs> in, in our federal government, this uh, a couple of days ago, a few days ago, our, uh, another one of our cabinet members, Secretary of, I'm trying to remember what, what, it, what it is now right now, could not answer what a woman was, repeatedly right. asked and did not know. And of course, the most recent appointee to the Supreme Court could not answer what a woman is, which is ironic because Joe Biden nominated her because she was black and she was a woman, but she couldn't tell what a woman is. Maybe she I could tell what a black is. That's good. I, I assume she can. I can. <laughs> and we all can. But she did. She was nominated because she was a woman, but couldn't tell what a woman was. Maybe <laughs> Joe Biden should not have nominated her because who knows whether or not she's really a woman or not, because she doesn't know what a woman is. This is how bizarre, how irrational it is. Nobody ever accused, nobody ever accused radical leftists of being rational and logical. Uh, they are not. And jump in here. What do you want to share? Well, um, we started off talking about human trafficking and. I want to just say that we can still, there is a platform to fight against human trafficking because it is a positive, uh, when I say positive, it's a positive fight. You won't hear people uh, in the general public going, yep, children should be trafficked. We can still make headway in that, but in all of the other uh, sexualizing of our, our nation, we cannot speak out. We can't say this is hurting our children. We can't say that um, funneling children into the LGBTQ activist group is, is not healthy for them and that there's a, a shorter lifespan for these young people that 
Uh, and for the transgender, I call them cross six identifying. I don't like transgender. It's a, it's not even a clinical name. It's a made up name. So these cross sex identifying children are being put on this conveyor belt and thrown out at the other end, chemicalized on, on cross sex hormones for life. And, and just to give you a little bit of input, um, idea of what testosterone does, with a young girl, uh, these, these children that go on to testosterone are infertile for life. But even worse than that, if anything could be worse, what um, topically testosterone is used for women who have a hormone imbalance, 0.2% or two, I'm sorry, 0.2 milligrams. What these children are given you know, 15-year-old, 14-year-old children are given 50 to 100 milligrams of testosterone intramuscularly per week, per week. It is driving these children crazy. This is, this is what's creating the rage because testosterone, a female body, it is so foreign and they're pumping in such large, large percentages. Even worse than that, we were talking to a detransistor detransitioner a week and a half ago and she was later transition transitioning all these words but she was immediately um put on 250 milligrams of testosterone weekly she said it nearly drove her crazy she has since uh detransitioned but she's she's uh, without breasts like she's, she is, uh, she's ruined her body and for life. They're angry. What Anne just said is actually very pivotal on her show. She said something that no one's reporting on. No one's talking about the rage and how is it caused from the actual drugs that they've yeah. used to, uh, to change these, uh, to try to change these people. The only person that kind of said, uh, something alluded to it was Tucker Carlson, Tucker yeah. Carlson and Ann Gillies, only people talking about this. And it's great that it's on your show because you're one of the first people that this is coming out. We're creating some crazy people, some very enraged people because of these drugs. If you want to put testosterone into yourself all the time, uh, you're, you're going to have a problem. Well, and these are, these are, remember, first of all, they're vulnerable children. You know, they start out as victims, but then, you know, down the road, they become the ones who are, are the, the bullies. Perfect. Yeah, the bullies, and they are becoming bullies. So we have such a mess. And so it is all tied together. And and we are going to have to untangle it. Well, not us. Holy, holy God can help us because it's only God that can help us out of this um, this issue. And one of the things that I've been saying for years, every one of these pieces is pushing toward the annihilation of humanity. Yes, That's what I believe God spoke to me many years ago. And that's where we are. The enemy of our soul, Satan, wants to annihilate you and I and everyone else. And if he can start with the very youngest, in the womb, no less, abortion. And then if you can't get them there, you know, um, in the school system, changing their brains, neurologically changing their minds so that they are so confused. And then all of these things, we are in a mess that only God can repair. Do the people, 
I'm not sure how to phrase my question here. If, if, if you look at major, sec, major swaths of the Democratic Party leadership who advocate this, I can't believe that the average voting person, typical average citizen across America, somehow believe it's a good thing for little boys' privates and for girls' breasts to be cut off of children. I, I can't believe that there's any way that we could be so debased that we have fallen to that level. The, the, the average person out there, the hierarchy of the Democratic Party and some percentage of, of Republicans as well, because it's not a party issue, ha have literally sunk to altogether new lows. <clears throat> that being the case, how do you explain, other than just the demonic activity of, of Satan himself, how do you explain the irrationality of this? You, you, you've talked to these people, you know some of these people who advocate this. How do they rationally, logically, they can make the case that this brutality should be done to children, to humans? How they, they justify it? Well, they, they come at it from this very biased research that says that this is healthy and good for children. And it is absolutely, that's been proven. I mean, all of that research has been debunked, but, but the activists are having none of it. It's like born that way. That was debunked years ago. And certainly since about 2019, the whole thing about gay born that way has been thrown out the window by the homosexual community themselves, the lesbians themselves. Um, they have said, stop using that because actually sexuality is fluid. You know, here we have all of this confusion out there. So why do they keep pushing all these things and, and saying this is healthy and good? Well, number one, there is a strategy behind it all, and that is to annihilate. But the other thing that is, I would say, with the parents of these children, and particularly the cross-sex identifying children, some of the parents want the attention, honestly. Some of the parents are mentally ill themselves. Some of the moms have, they, you know, they had this baby and they didn't like the sex it was, so they treated it like the opposite sex till the child believes it for themselves. Hence, you know, a very young child believes they're in the wrong body. There are so many different elements to this, but the reality is that because we have been silent, we have done such an injustice to the, the communities we live in and to the, uh, the people that um, that we serve in the medical profession. I mean, all of these professions have colluded with lies to radically change our children and destroy them. And so what will happen, and we're seeing the beginning of this, um, we're seeing it in Canada, certainly you're seeing it in the US, that there are detransitioners speaking out I just recently heard there's 42,000 detransitioners. These are cross-sex identifying individuals who've been through chemicalization and castration and genital mutilation, and they have said enough, and they are starting to sue the doctors 
which they need to do. This is medical malpractice, the psychologists, the psychiatrists, they all need to be sued. And then we get to the education system, which needs to be totally pulled down because it is so radically influenced by all of these, uh, these activists. And, and the ordinary person just wants to go to work and take care of their ch children. They never signed up for all this. They hardly know what's going on until you know they listen to Laura yeah. Lynn or something. And then all of a sudden they're like, this can't be so. And then they find out it is. What it will take is the grassroots, the, the ordinary Joes, the men who become who are men and women who will be women and both of them together. So we have mama bears and we have masculine men who are going to stand up and protect their children. That's what men always did. They protected their families. We tried to destroy all of that. So we we need to really speak life into the grassroots people, those people who who understand morality, be they Christian or not they understand that this is wrong. Yeah. We, can't, we can't wait for our politicians. It's not gonna happen. And, and I'm sure Anne agrees too. It's just the greatest demonic assault against our identity, against the word. It's the greatest demonic assault against Christianity. Uh, they have accepted themselves as God. I will choose who I will be, where God chose that we would come. Before he formed us in our mother's womb, he knew us. But So we trust God, but they trust themselves. So it's an assault against Christianity. The devil knows his time is short. And uh, those demons, you know, that have been spawned over the ages and are now, you know, inhabiting our school principles, like you can tell, like these people do not, they're not good people. How can you be so ignorant of truth and be so irrational and have and have obtained these seats in high places? But they've been well placed. The devil's been working a very long time using Agenda 2030 now and uh, using all of these, you know, elites and people that think themselves are God as well. And so we're in the basic, the fight of our lives. When God established uh, the first order of things, the first thing he did in creating humanity was establish male and female specificity. The second thing he did was to establish the institution of marriage. Now we're Genesis one and two. Yes. The third thing he did was, now we're Genesis four, verse one, he established babies, procreation, Adam knew Eve, and she conceived. So along comes the enemy and he, like Mahatma Gandhi, takes on the least contested ground first. So the first attack was on the phenomenon of abortion, killing babies in the womb. And even our Supreme Court in 1973 in the United States made up something that wasn't in the Constitution to justify abortion. Once they secured that, then they backed up to the second thing. The third thing was babies, abortion, those in the womb. Kill them as many as, as possible. It comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Then we back up to marriage. And finally, Obergefell case in 2015, Supreme Court trashed marriage, and then all three branches of our government officially trashed marriage as of December the 13th. By the way, if I can just come back to the United States and political parties, 22% of Republicans voted to go along with that, uh, 49 of them in the House. Now, the second vote, by that time, it dropped to 39, from 47 down to 39 and I know of some members of the, of the Congress who repented openly of their sin for voting for it the first time. They tried to correct it the second time. 
Then we came to the Senate. The Senate did not have enough votes to do it in the United States Senate, but a Republican from North Carolina, tell us, um, tell us, recruited people to vote against the def God's definition of marriage. And it would not have been for him. It would not have passed. But they got 62 votes of the filibuster proofs of 60. And consequently, now the Senate, thanks to some Republicans, uh, all the Democrats, of course, were for the destruction of the definition of marriage. And then we have December the 13th, it actually happening. And then we back up, and now we have a case that came before the Supreme Court a year or so ago, which as a result uh, clarified coming against God's first order of things when he establishes male and female. We're seeing the classic God game over to a reprobate mind. Now with that very difficult explanation, let me ask uh, Ann and Laura Lynn this, this final question. And I wanna tell you, it's absolutely a delight to have you ladies on. I'm gonna have to have you back. I, I wish we had a few more hours. But the av average person listening to this is probably wringing their hands. We don't want them to do that. We want them to activate. So we're gonna pray in a little bit. So the obvious first one is prayer, proactive, aggressive prayer, intercession. But beyond that, which we're gonna do in a moment, what can they do? The average person who's listening to this saying, man, we, we've lost this battle. No, we have not lost this battle. We're in the intense thick of it. What can they do? Give them some very practical things. Don't hesitate to plug your book. Don't hesitate to plug your websites again or any other websites. We want to be informed. Educationally informed is a critical part of it. And you go first. What can yeah. they do? Well, I think that every parent and every teacher, every Christian out there actually should be reading um, the second book I wrote, which is called Closing the Floodgate, Setting the Record Straight on Gender and Sexuality. It got me uh, disallowed from running for the conservative party. And it is it is truth. And it's tracking the sexual uh, sexualization of our culture. And why I say they need to understand that is because once you begin to understand what has been leading us up to this point, then you can begin to listen and look for those who are speaking up and speaking out against it. And that's what you, you need to educate yourself first and foremost on all of these things and the truth of that. So our websites are good for that. There are other really good ones. I mean, Tucker Carlson's been doing some pretty awesome stuff on all this. Another person he in is Canada. The, he's, the, he's the Jeremiah prophet yes. of American media right now. I'm amazed he is able to survive all the attempts to silence him. Who knows what's going so? I agree. His first 20-minute monologue is stellar. So continue right on. There's some other. So the website that I have, restoringthemosaic.ca, then unmaskingthetransmovement.com. And then I would also say Jordan Peterson. Many of you in the U.S. may have heard of him. He's an amazing um, psychologist. But he has been really taking a stand on the gender issue and providing some really good stuff. So I do a lot of the research. If you want research, uh, contact me because the research is exactly showing that it is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous to affirm a child's ID, ideas and ideology, and I will say delusions. 
And so there's um, so that doctor said that which we were pointing out. Oh, Dr. Andre Van Mool. He is another one. He's in California. He's an awesome, awesome researcher. So there's say, say the name one more time. Spell it for us. Actually, yes. Dr. Andre A N D R E and then Van Small V A N Capital M O L. Thank you. He's, Where in California is he? Do you know? He's in San Francisco, I think. He's um, he's a licensed family doctor. And oh, he is a conservative town. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. But he has spoken out and he has done um, a lot of political activism. He's really spoken to a lot of the issues within the different, excuse me, uh, levels of uh, politics in the states he's very very good so there's resources you just need to keep making yourself aware of them laura lynn you've got some other ones as well well i'm thinking about how uh we are progressing and we just need to keep speaking we need to not be afraid like women if someone comes into your washroom you know uh you know you can't say oh like the the men's washroom is right down there but i wouldn't get in a fight with anybody or just leave, you know, extricate yourself. But we have to speak. So that's what I'm doing every single day on my show. Every afternoon we go live uh, to eight platforms. We have incredible guests. Uh, we've had all of the key doctors talking about the vaccinations and some of the, the difficult things that we've been put through this last three years. But also Anne was informing me something just fantastic this morning about how even those that have transitioned youth are now saying we made a mistake. Yes. Yeah, actually, this is really uh, just within the last um, about three weeks to a month ago, Dr. Susan Bradley, who was an associate of Dr. Ken Zucker from Toronto, and they, um, Ken Zucker was um, the top gender therapist in Canada, probably the world. And for 30 years, he treated children successfully. Between 88 and 97% of them stopped transitioning with behavioral therapy. You see, this was not what it was. What it is now, what isn't what it was. So Dr. Susan Bradley, about a month ago, said we were wrong to start affirming their their ideas and their de decisions to be in the other body wrong yes they propagandize that's place. right and you won't hear it in the media but she stated outright now they're she's wrong. she's 81 years old and it's too bad that she didn't do that when she saw it happening and she didn't make uh, we need doctors to stand up and take care of our children no matter what yeah. if they're being trafficked and the doctors see that report it they, they have first line. Yeah. So we, we just need people to start standing up for truth all over in every walk of life. I am so grateful. I, I've never asked anybody to do this. I've done 250, 260, maybe 270. If we add all the ones on the beginning that we, we don't count currently of these interviews with probably well over a thousand people. I've never asked anybody to do this. I'm going to ask you to help me write my newsletter that I send out to the link. Uh, I send a link out of this. And I'm going to ask you, if you would, to list these various names you've listed and the various websites they can go to as a training device. You don't have to write the whole newsletter if you're too busy, but just put the key names of this doctor who changed her mind. And here's it. And this doctor, here's where you, 
etc. You can get more training. And I'm going to ask you to send that to me. And I'm going to include that in a newsletter with the link of you being interviewed right now as an equipping device to equip as many as we can, as fast as we can, to make it the biggest possible difference we can before it's too late for our nation and your nation as well. I'm so grateful. One more time, I want you to spell your names full because people are going to be very intrigued by looking you up. Uh, Ann Gillies and Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson, go ahead and, and, and spell your names slowly so people can jot this down because they're going to want to Google you, you ladies. Okay, it's Ann, A-N-N-G-I-L-L-I-E-S. And uh, if you're looking at for me online, it probably will say Dr. Ann Gillies or Ann Gillies PhD. And anyone who's having a problem with their children or starting to talk like, oh, maybe I'm a boy or girl, the opposite of what they are, uh, reach out, get Dr. Ann's book and understand what's behind it all and what you have to do, which is really radically, if you want to help your child, uh, you, you've got to do some pretty intense things and you should get in contact with Dr. Ann and, and book a, 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 you know, some time with her so that you can get really good advice on what to do if that's happening in your family. And my name is Laura Lynn, L-A-U-R-A-L-Y-N-N.TV, Laura Lynn.TV. And uh, I'm, I'm on every day. And I just appreciate, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be with my dear friend. And we're going to go for dinner after yes. this. Yeah, yes. we're excited. <laughs> now, just one clarification, folks. Her name is not Laura Lynn tv.com that's not her name <laughs> that's her website her name is yeah. laura lynn tyler thompson yeah and yeah. uh laura lynn tyler thompson that's true yeah. would uh, would you lead in prayer and would you lead in prayer right now for our countries and yes. our the children of the world and uh then laura lynn would you lead secondly and then uh, uh tristan if you will uh, come on the video and be prepared to lead in prayer after them would you would you do that tristan I'm going to call on you as well. Absolutely. Go ahead, yeah. All right. Oh, almighty God, I just, I just want to thank you that you are still the supreme ruler. You are still father of all. And you are still with us. And I thank you, God, that you hear our cries for our children that you hear our hearts. I thank you, God, that your desire is for us and it is for our children and for our children's children. And so, Father, we just offer them up in our hands today and we say, God, please pour out your spirit. Father, change us change the hearts of our children so they may be toward their parents, not against them. Lord, change our hearts to see and our eyes to see clearly what you would have us do, where you would have us in the marketplace of this day, in our generation. And Father, for those who are wounded, who have been so trampled on, who have injured themselves, Lord, I pray that the presence of Jesus would be manifest even now to them, God, and may your peace 
flow over them. May you heal their brokenness. May you set the captive free. And Lord, we trust you to lead and direct each one of us as we line ourselves up with your holy word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Father, we just pray for every family who is experiencing that attack of the enemy. We say the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuke you for what you are doing to our nation and to our people. And we ask you, God, that you would show up according to your word, Isaiah 35, 3 to 5. You promise that you will show up with a vengeance. When our knees are quaking, when our 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 hands give way, oh God, you promise that you will show up with a vengeance on our behalf and that blind eyes will be opened and deaf ears unstopped. We pray for the children of of parents right now who are not listening and whose eyes and ears are deaf to the words of their parents trying to speak any kind of common sense or uh, biblical understanding to their confusion. And we pray that the Lord will intervene and he will show up with a vengeance on your behalf and your child's eyes will be opened and their ears will be unstopped in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Heavenly Father, God, we lift up this incredible call. Lord, what a tough topic, but what a necessary topic that needs to be discussed. And Father, we, we, uh, we thank you for Anne, for Laura Lynn, for the work that they are doing, Lord. I pray that whatever they put their hands to, Lord, that it will prosper. Lord, I pray that you would continue to give them wisdom, Lord. I pray that you would continue to bring super natural provision, Lord, resources to fund, Lord, their work to help uh, with, 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 with human trafficking. And, and Lord, that, uh, and Lord, I pray that, Lord, people will continue to come around them to support their, their work, Father. Father, I thank you that what they are doing, Lord, is truly, truly special. And Lord, I thank you that what they are doing matters. Father, I thank you that your Holy Spirit will continue to protect them. May your guardian angels continue to protect them and their families, their loved ones. Father, I thank you that no weapon formed against them will prosper. Father, we lift up, Lord, the the parents, Lord, and the children, not just in America or, or, or in Canada, but around the world that are navigating through this era of, uh, uh, and this time of sexual confusion. Father, I thank you that you would bring clarity Come into agreement with everything that has already been prayed on this call. I pray, Lord, that people will once again be, uh, begin to remember and realize the truth that, Lord, we're all made in your image, that we were created male and female, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the children right now that are being taught so many things that are perverse and that are ungodly. Father, I pray that you would be able to give them discernment, Lord, to recognize truth from falsehood. May they have receiving ears and receiving hearts, Lord, to accept your truth and and what you say about their identity, about their gender, about their sexuality. Father, I think that you would continue to give parents, Lord, father figures, mentors, mothers, Uh, uh, fathers, grandparents, Lord, I pray that you would give them wisdom 
Lord, continue Holy Spirit to give them uh, supernatural insights as they teach their children, their grandchildren, uh, the next generation, Lord, how to navigate this uncertain time. And Father, we pray against, Lord, the agenda of the enemy, the plans of the enemy to try to pervert this generation, to try to pervert your original design. And Father, I thank you that it will not prosper. Father, I thank you that there is still a remnant of people here in the West and around the world, Lord, that are fighting for this generation, that are fighting for your principles and for your truth. And I thank you that you will prevail. You will, you already won the victory on the cross. And I thank you that in the end, you are going to win. I thank you that your truth, Lord, will rise once again. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are doing a mighty work. And Lord, again, for those who have have experienced um, heartbreak, who have experienced trauma, who have experienced sexual abuse, who have um, gone through uh, these uh, these tough um, gender transitions or, or or these struggles with their identity, Lord, I I pray, Lord, that Your Holy Spirit would comfort those who have been hurt, heal those wounds that need healing and and father i thank you lord that you are with lord these people and lord may you shower them with your love and with your peace and father i thank you for what you are going to do and what you are still to do we praise you and we honor you we glorify your name in jesus mighty name amen 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 thank you thank for you. all your prayers my sensing World Prayer Network families, I'm not to pray, but just lead a declaration. I declare over each one within the sound of my voice an inexplicable holy boldness, courage, mortal fortitude flow into your body, your mind, your will, your emotions in such a way to cause you to be able to stand stronger, better, more forcefully, more full of the spirit of living God than ever before in your life. Not in a belligerency, not out of anger, unless it's a holy, righteous, God-given anger. Not to be obnoxious, but to be a truth speaker, a truth teller to the spirit demonic hordes of deceit moving in our world today. So you are hereby commissioned and dispatched as the army of the living God, to be carriers of the will, the word, and the way of God that flows from your spirit that is saturated with the word of God, comes up through your lips and is spoken over a broken and perverted world. And the result is health and healing miraculously begins to flow in your communities, in your families, in your schools, your businesses, in your churches, and in our nations. In the name of Jesus, I make this declaration in accordance with the will, the word, and the way of a holy, righteous, almighty God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, a really heartfelt thank you to both of you ladies for being on with us. We really need to have you back on again. Thank you for coming on. And uh, I, I hope many people pick up the books by Ann Gillies. 
uh, Damaged and a host of other books on that website. And that website, again, I believe, is restoringthemosaic.ca. Did I get that right? You did. Thank you very much. And go to that website. I suspect she has a not-for-profit corporation. Perhaps both of them do. If so, I want encourage you to sow into their ministries and bless them financially as well. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the Well-Versed Podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.